And thus, March has reached its end, and we are almost done with this year of school, and as with every month, we've seen a shit ton of movies. Some more than others. Actually, I've seen more movies this month than I do most months. At least new releases. Yeah. Because we did that on purpose. Is that a good thing? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I'm Davis. I'm Rowan. Uh, And we're dating. Yes. And this is our podcast. Welcome to Runtime, babe. Um, This episode, we are talking about, um, I believe, 10 films from the month of March, or or nine films from the month of March and one from the month of February, uh, because we wanted to do this sort of review roundup type thing, because there were more um, that we wanted to talk about this month uh, than there have been in other months, so... Here we go. Yeah, we saw a lot of movies. We did. Some of us, some some of these movies. <laughs> some of us. <laughs> some of us. Uh, some of these movies are going to be uh, just me talking about them, and one of these movies is going to be just Davis talking about. Yeah, them. because I last night was like, "What? It's not fair that Rowan gets to talk about all these movies on his own that he watched without me because I didn't care about them and didn't want to see them, and I didn't get to talk about any without him." So I looked up what movies came out in March, and I picked one that I thought was doable, and I watched it. <laughs> So we'll get to that one later. Yeah. Um, But first, we're going to talk about a movie that was released in February. uh, That is We Have a Ghost, um, (laughs) which is a Netflix comedy from uh, Christopher Landon, who did Happy Death Day and Freaky, which are some of the best horror comedies that have come out um, in the last decade. What about this one? Is this one of the best horror comedies that's come out in the last decade? No. Okay. (laughs) I I would agree with that. We saw this one with some of our friends yes. um, on a movie night. Yeah. I, I plan on watching it anyway, but I'm glad that we watched it then so I didn't have to spare myself the headache of like dedicating time to it another time, which just goes, which I think says a lot about how I felt about the movie overall. Yeah. And I did not plan on watching it and didn't like it that much. It was a fun hangout movie. Yeah. Absolutely. It was pretty stupid, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. Just sort of. Kind of like a pseudo um, sense of, or like a false sense of um, intelligence that seems a little like that seems like I'm being really mean. Um, But I think this movie felt like it was smarter and cleverer than it actually was. Yeah, I liked the cast. I liked their Mm. performances. Yeah. I didn't love the script. Yeah. I didn't like. I don't know. There were like weird plot things that didn't make a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Too much time was dedicated to stuff I didn't care about. Yeah. Also, it has like the very typical Netflix movie like, oh, we've gone viral, but like in a way that makes no sense, right. sort of. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we have a ghost, which every time I think I say we have a ghost, I think about we bought a zoo. <laughs> yeah. And I almost say we bought a ghost. <laughs> we bought a ghost. Um, it's David Harbour who doesn't speak. Also, David Harbour is such a sexy man. In this movie, however, they give him the most like abysmally bad comb over I've ever seen in my whole <laughs> life. Like it's terrible. And I thought it was like, oh, it's because he's dead. But then they show a flashback to his life at one point, And he has the same just like shit god awful <laughs> haircut and that was i think the most offensive part of this movie for me yeah. like it's not like so terrible. it was the final nail in the coffin uh, but it's not so terrible like i don't think it's a complete waste of time no. i just didn't like it it like it it's it's so nothing special it's right. it's a movie that i only thought about while i was watching it and then you seem surprised make, that i even brought it up yeah as something that we were going to talk about and then to to make david harbour so unsexy I didn't even think it was possible. I think that's the worst thing this movie does. Right. In my opinion. Um, Yeah, I think that there's something uh, there with the humor uh, and the the very specific kind of comedy. But it's just done so much better in his other movies. Yes. I haven't seen them, but I have read the scripts. Yeah. And yes. Which I I think is interesting because the other movies are pretty... Or actually, no, I so lied to you. Happy Death Day is PG-13 and Freaky is is R. I think We Have a Ghost is also PG-13. But Happy Death Day is so much more fun. And Freaky is also so much more fun. Um, but it's allowed to like sort of go off the rails with the violence. Um, and we have a ghost just feels sort of held back. Like Christopher Landon came up with this movie and was like, I, I guess I'll just make it for Netflix. They'll give me money. It doesn't have to be good. It almost felt like Netflix gave him money and they were like, make another one of those. And yeah. he was like, Oh God, Fine. what am I going to do? <laughs> and yeah. like bang this one out in like a couple days. Yeah. Yeah. I would not be surprised. Yeah. 
Um, but anyway, moving on. Uh, the next one is... So we're doing this in release order, which yes. I think makes, makes the most sense. So now uh, we're into March. Yes. Uh, Luther, The Fallen Sun, which is a film continuation of the Luther television series starring Idris Elba um, that I think it's... It, it finished its fifth season a What's couple years ago. What's the runtime of this movie? Of this movie, 112 minutes. Okay, let me check you on that. Or maybe, wait, no, hold on, hold on. Maybe it's 130 minutes. It's either 130 or 112. Those are very different numbers. Yes. 130 or 112? I think so. Give me your final answer. 112. 129. 129. Okay. Damn. So if I if I had gone with the other one, I would have been yeah, much closer. Yeah, but today you were you were wrong. Um, this is one I haven't seen. Yeah. Just Rowan has seen it. Yeah. Um, and I actually haven't seen the show that it's continuing from. I read about it and I watched some recaps, um, but I I haven't seen the show. I will say this movie does like it can function on its own. Um, Idris Elba's great. Andy Serkis is the villain. He's fantastic. Uh, it's a pretty standard, like, um, <clears throat> billionaire, uh, has too much money and decides to, like, be a fucked up psychopath <laughs> and do, and, like, do stuff and cater to the world's population of fucked up people. Um, I realize I say pretty standard, but that's, I, re- I realize that's not pretty standard. Yeah, I was like, what do you, what else are you referencing? What I meant was, <laughs> it is a pretty standard, like, once Luther... Idris Elba gets involved. It's like a pretty standard, like cat and mouse. So oh, I'm going to chase you across the city, and I'm not going to stop till I find you. It's a pretty standard case of that. Pretty um, standard. <laughs> except Idris Elba does uh, break out of prison near the beginning of this movie. That's pretty cool. Um, and good for him. Good for him. Exactly. Uh, and it did do a pretty good job of sort of establishing everything um, without. Uh, like for people like me who hadn't seen the show. So if you like the show, I have a feeling you'll probably like this more because you will have spent time with the world and the characters. Uh, but even if you don't, it is not a bad time to spend 129 minutes. Yeah, I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, no, I figured it's totally not your thing. Oh my God, is it my turn? But the movie that you did watch. Oh my God. Okay, so I went into this with like not really any expectations, but the movie I picked to watch was Chang Can Dunk, which is a Disney Plus, it's like PG. Mm -hmm. It's essentially, now that Disney Plus is a big thing, it's like the equivalent of a Disney Channel original movie from our childhood. Mm-hmm. But I would say it is an A-tier Disney Channel original movie is how it feels. Like, it is, it's well done. It has great characters. I think it's well written. I mean, it's still a children's movie. Right. Uh, it's not phenomenal. There's, it's very flawed at times. But it has, like, a whole bunch of heart, which I didn't really expect. It's not... I feel like a lot of kids' movies these days are kind of just like, okay, we got to make something for kids because, like, someone's got to some, cater to this. Audience. Yeah, and some and people will watch it no matter what. Like, it it actually feels like the people who made it really cared about it, and it's so mm-hmm. sweet. Yeah, and also I think it has a very like effortless display of positive masculinity. Um, in the main character Chang. He, it's about um, a 5'8". All right, we haven't been really summarizing these movies, have we? Well, Chank and Dunk... Which we're starting now. ...is about a 5'8", Asian-American, um, high, like, 16-year-old high school student who kind of gets into a fight with the school bully who is, like, the star basketball player, and Chang loves basketball but is 5'8", and doesn't really feel like he has what it takes to necessarily like play on the high school team and stuff like that. In other words, if he can dunk. (laughs) Well, and so he makes a bet with the bully about whether or not he'll be able to dunk. Nice. And then he spends a lot of the movie prepping to try to dunk. And what I really liked about this is it's, it's a pretty typical sports movie. Like it, it, it hits all the major beats. But one thing I really love is that the dunking, like the, is he actually going to dunk happens at the midway point. Mm -hmm. And then the second half is kind of the ramifications of, I'm not going to spoil what happens of whether or not he actually makes this dunk. Mm -hmm. Um, but Chang, like he loves basketball. He's, he's a pretty masculine guy. Like he's a little dorky about his interests, but he, he doesn't, really stray from traditionally masculine gender roles too terribly much but he's also like it's it's so positive 
the way his masculinity is depicted. Like he's working hard for something he's passionate about. He is respectful to the people around him. It's got kind of like a ladybird vibe of him mm. and his mother always fighting, but it's it's also like you see both of their sides. And he's pretty articulate to his mother, even when he's being too harsh as many teenagers are. Like he does a good job of actually saying what his issues are. He does things like make dinner for her when she comes home. and. And also the way he interacts with his love interest is super mature and mm -hmm. elevated. And I just think it is a movie, a pretty typical kids movie with a message and a protagonist that are going to be super healthy for teenage boys, like young teenage boys and like eight to 14 year old boys. I think this is a great movie for them to be watching. Not exclusively, mm -hmm. like it appeals to more than just that, mm -hmm. but um, you know, uh, I would say it is well worth the watch if, like, a kid's sports movie is something that's at all appealing to you. Because mm -hmm. it's it's really good for what it is. But also, you know, if you know that a heartfelt Disney Channel movie is not going to be your thing, yeah, this isn't going to be your thing. Right. Um, also, I wrote a review on this on, on Rowan's blog, The Lenient yeah. Critic. Davis is first on the website. So. Which is so exciting. Yeah. Very, I didn't mean to. Exciting. I just liked... The, I had so much to say about how positive I thought the movie was as a piece of media for children. And like, it really fills an, what I think is missing in children's media right now. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and so I just got really excited after I finished it and wrote a review and then Rowan put it up. I did. I sure did. Um, yeah, so go to thelenientcritic.com if, lenient if you want to check that com. out. Um, I think this is the episode we're recording closest to the actual release, so this is probably the most recent thing on Lenient Critic right now, um, as of this episode. Oh, dropping. fun. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's Chang and Dunk. It's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, it, it's definitely worth checking check out, out, especially yeah. if you have kids, mm -hmm. or if you are a kid. I hope there's not 10-year-olds listening to this. If they are, you know, a whole lot of words to impress the others on the playground. <laughs> um, next, I'm going to be talking about Scream 6, which is the latest in the... I mean, what a, what a tonal shift there. Yeah. Um, Scream 6 is the latest, of course, in the Scream franchise. Um, by the sixth movie in your series, uh, a lot of franchises would sort of have, like, tired themselves out and repeated everything that they've done to the point of, like, like basically becoming a boring shell of their former self. Um, but Scream is sort of founded on, like, like the franchise itself is founded on the ideals of reflecting um, the horror genre at the time that it's made. Um, and it's been around since the 90s and the horror and the film world has changed a lot since then. Uh, shout out to uh, this movie for including, I think the first um, reference to Letterboxd in a widely released motion picture. Oh, that is kind of um, crazy. Which is great. Um, but Yeah, that'll get some bonus points with Rowan. Exactly. Big Letterboxd yeah. fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so this is uh, basically... So The Last Scream came out uh, last year in, in January 2022. So the turnaround on this one was really quick. Um, and yet I actually like this one a lot better than I liked the, uh, the last one. Hmm. Um, and I think part of it is because uh, this one sort of uproots the new leads from the last one and brings them to New York City, which is an exciting location that it doesn't really make full use of. There's a great um, set piece on a subway. Uh, that was actually really scary. Mm. Um, but aside from that, there's, you know, I, I mean, they filmed it in Canada. So, yeah, you know, so, Canada's not New York So City. you're not seeing Times Square. Right. No, <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think the cast is great. They're all clearly having um, a lot of fun. <laughs> and um, it also ties into every single other um, movie in the franchise in a really interesting way. Hmm. Um, in a way that, like, in like acknowledging them in a way that no screen movie has really done yet. Um, and also, it has some the return the, uh, of some really uh, cool characters that one of which uh, we thought was dead from a previous movie, which is which is very exciting. I will say also, Scream Six is the mo by far far and away the most violent and the goriest and the scariest of the Scream movies so hmm. far. Because I've only seen Scream One, and yeah. that was as someone who doesn't like horror, a yeah. very very palatable mm -hmm. horror movie. Maybe Scream, just because yeah. the person committing the violence is so sexy to me, but. I ended up really liking it. I do think, notably, isn't um, 
You were talking about returning cast members for this one. Yes. Isn't this the first Scream movie missing without, or is that a different franchise? Yeah, no, it's the first one without uh, Sydney, the lead from, yes. for all of the other ones, except for only five. She was only in five for a little bit. Um, but uh, that is because her character's not dead. There was a... Um, there was a uh, behind-the-scenes conflict between her and the and the studio. They refused to pay her what she asked, which I, you know, I feel like was a bad move on their part. Yeah. Um. And 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 a great move on her part to demand what she feels like she's owed as being the like the star of five movies in this franchise so yeah. far. Does the <clears throat> sixth one like suffer without her, or if you like, if you stop and 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 think about it, yes. Um. But if you don't, and you sort of like. Embrace the new characters, which I think is like is really easy to do. They're really great people, uh, played by Jenna Ortega, Mason Gooding, um, some absolutely fantastic uh, young actors. Um, I think uh, it's easy to notice her absence, especially because they mention her a couple of times, especially near the middle, and you're like, yeah, why isn't she here? But the reason they give, like like, like the in-universe reason is because she doesn't want to risk her life again because she has a family and kids now. Which it makes, makes so, so much, much sense, sense, because usually with the horror movies, it's like, why are you still exactly. dealing with this? And why is this still happening? Why do you keep putting yourself in danger? Yeah, why, why don't you move? Exactly. Um, but no, so it, it makes a lot of sense story-wise, while also leaving the door open for her to return in the future which i think is probably would be best to happen if not the next one than the one after indicative on the studio's part that they're open to further negotiations with i don't know the actress's name nev campbell but the door isn't closed for her to right like you know if they were like fuck you we're not paying you that yeah like they're i think they probably killed her i think they could have worked it out if uh, if there was more time to make this movie, but they made it in less than a year. Ah, so okay. I think that, that that's probably why they had to rush everything. So hopefully you there will be more Sydney in mm-hmm. future Scream movies. Exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, Scream 6, a lot of fun. Uh, if you like getting scared, this is probably the best movie in the franchise uh, to do it. And if you like uh, sort of almost having to close your eyes and cringing because of the ex- absolutely extreme violence playing out on screen, um, get help. But also, this movie's for you. <laughs> we should rank them at the end of this podcast. All of the, all the of new the releases. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I already have. I fact. know. but <laughs> So you can say your rankings and I'll figure mine out. Well, yeah. I've seen much less than you, but... Um, next, there's a, a spy movie um, called Operation Fortune, uh, Ruse de Guerre, um, that I m- actually might not have seen, if not for the fact that I was assigned to write a review for it for this website that I write for, Sifpop, in December 2021, I think, um, because it was originally scheduled to be released uh, much earlier uh, in, I believe, January of 22. Uh, and then it got pushed and then pushed again a full year because of the, um, of the war in Ukraine. Um, I honestly think that this was, like, pushing it back, I think, probably gave the wrong idea, like, gave people the wrong idea of what the movie was. Basically, like, the bad guy, his henchmen are... Ukrainian, but it's not like they really like make a big deal about them being Ukrainian. I think they just want like, like they went sort of overboard with the respect aspect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fuck but, PC culture. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so this is the latest from Guy Ritchie. Uh, he's an action director. It's a spy movie. Uh, he's known for his sort of like com- complicated plots that sort of go all over the place. And this movie is definitely that it doesn't really stop to like rest or breathe at all. Um, but everyone in it, Jason Statham, Aubrey Plaza, Carrie Elways, Hugh Grant, they're all just having so much fun. Mm. Um, and they Hugh are... Grant had a, a couple of fun movies. Yeah, this month. exactly. And we'll, 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 we'll talk about the second one soon. Um, but Operation Fortune is ridiculous and crazy, and it's not like amazing. Like it, it doesn't revolutionize action film or like spy filmmaking in in, in at all. Um, but it is exciting if you have two hours to kill. You could do far worse than this. Oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah. that's another one I didn't see. Yeah, um, but what you did see oh. is the greatest movie of all time: Shazam: Fury of the Gods. <laughs> I okay, so. This is a bad movie. Yes. We are in agreement there. I just lied to you, in fact, the audience. I think I, think I probably, like Quantumania, disliked it more than you. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it it is it is not very good. No. This I haven't seen the first Shazam. Yeah. Which I don't know how much seeing the first Shazam would uh, would help me. I think you might be more inclined to like the characters since they're much better developed in the first one. Yeah. And the second one, the only character I really liked was the Jack Dylan Grazier character mm -hmm. because it was actually really funny how hard he was acting. Like, <laughs> like way more than necessary a lot of times. Yeah. Because, like, the movie is, like, shit. And so it'll be, like, it'll cut from, um, uh, like, some children being, like... Guys, let's tame these wild unicorns with Skittles because it's the closest thing to the nectar of the gods. Taste the rainbow and like the dumbest product placement I've ever seen. And then it'll cut to like Jack Dylan Grazier like sobbing his eyes out about like <laughs> what he thinks is like like the loss of the people he most loves. Yeah. And so it's it's like that's really funny to me. Mm -hmm. That was kind of my favorite part is watching him just absolutely send it acting wise yeah. while so much of the rest of the cast like clearly didn't give a shit right I, I do think um, Asher Angel who played Billy Batson like, oh. like like the lead he's fantastic he's he just is, not in the movie on screen for maybe 10 minutes max I would have loved more Billy which the Shazam movies are about kid, a, a kid and his foster siblings yes. who are superheroes but their superhero forms are like adults. So yes. they say their magic word Shazam and they turn into adult superheroes with superpowers. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think part of like the conceit is like watching adult superheroes behave like teenagers. Yeah. Like that's fun. Except in this one, Billy is 18 and Billy in human form is like pretty reasonable acting right. like he's he, a little like, bit he, he's he's dealing with his own emotional stuff right. and like you know is sometimes on edge about certain things but the way he talks and like treats people around him is like an 18 year old yeah whereas when he is in shazam form he is like an insufferable child that just like is constantly making the dumbest jokes you've ever heard and yeah. has negative emotional intelligence yeah. and is so immature it's and so it's like I, yeah, I wanted more Billy in Billy form because that's the part of the character I liked at all. Right. Billy as Shazam, I really didn't. There's a part near the beginning where Jack Dylan Grazer, I totally forget his name. Um, I oh, don't remember that uh, kid's name either. Uh, Freddy. Freddy. Freddy, When yeah. Freddy's powers are taken away so we can't Shazam, so he's Jack Dylan Grazer for like the whole movie. Mm -hmm. That should have happened to Billy. Yes. Would have been a lot more interesting. Yeah, um, which like I get it to have like like like, like or Billy, both of them right or both. I of would have loved to watch like the little the little girl that likes the unicorns yeah. be in superhero form while like the eighteen year old yeah. is in eighteen year old right. form. Well, because Billy like his part of his conflict in this movie is that he is worried that he's going to um, leave the foster home. Yeah, he's about to age out of the system. Yeah. He's he's 17, he's about to turn 18. Yeah. And he's worried that he's sort of losing his grip on like the um the family of superheroes and that like he's um like he 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 feels like they have sort of like never really respected him as a leader. How interesting would it have been if he was the only one that didn't have the superpowers? Yeah. And they would have to realize, "Oh, this guy was holding us." together that, oh that would have been great i would have loved yeah. that also my criticism about how he acts in shazam form from what i've heard from others because you liked the first one yep. i know a lot of people did like a lot of people thought it was fun and charming and campy yeah. and cute and the first one i think from what i've heard struck a better balance of the it's funny to watch the superhero act like a child also in the first one they're much younger yeah and so it's a lot less fun to watch a 17-year-old act horrible in adult man form mm -hmm. than it is to watch, like, a 14-year-old trying to figure shit out. Yeah. Also, in the first one, for most of the movie, he's still sort of shocked that he can do this. So whenever he becomes the adult superhero, he gets, like, super giddy and, like, excited because that's... That's because so that, cute. That, that, so that, charming. That makes sense. And in this one, it feels like whenever he's the adult, he just reverts back to that. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he and it's like you've been doing this for three years. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, and also the villains and their motivation makes no sense. Yeah. 
and like a great cast. I don't think anybody of the adult cast buy into is it. Good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, no, they clearly really they're all it. like this movies. I kind of like the parents, yeah, but who also aren't really in it. And and it's like the no one like the actors and the director and the writer. It's like no one agrees whether right. or not this movie's supposed to take itself seriously. Yeah, like okay, this is a spoiler. I'm going to spoil it a little bit. It's bad, so I don't care. Billy dies at the end. Yeah. And I was like, I'll give this movie five stars if they let him stay dead. <laughs> if they kill off the main character after the whole mess I just watched, like, if they have the balls to do that, mad respect. <laughs> they don't. He gets resurrected. By, by Wonder Woman, who's by Wonder in Wonder the Woman. trailer. Yeah. So stupid. And also, like, there, there's the weird thread of like Billy's horny for Wonder Woman yeah. and is always trying to like hit on her. Yeah. And she's like not nearly creeped out enough. Like she's kind of like, oh, ha. Huh. That's so, you're so silly. <laughs> Maybe in 50 years. Like that's kind of yeah. the vibe, yeah. which is not. Um, but it, but there are moments where it's like Jack Dylan Grazier's like sobbing over his his best friend and foster brother's dead corpse. <laughs> and you're like, what like just a second ago i was watching the skittles unicorns yeah. like wh what is going on it doesn't know if it's supposed to be stupid or not and yeah. that that like weird mix of tones is what made it so difficult for me to mm -hmm. to enjoy absolutely i um, wish it had just been either like okay this is going to be slightly more serious and like we're actually going to delve into what this kid is dealing with or they were just like, this is a fun, stupid movie. Mm -hmm. I would have been okay with either of them. Yeah. But not this weird combination of both. Right. Yeah. It just comes off as sort of clumsy and awkward, like they don't know what to do with these characters. Yeah. Um, which is good because they're rebooting it now. They're rebooting the entire universe. Yeah. So I guess they don't have to worry about this anymore, so they can afford it being bad. Yeah. And failing at the box office. But who knows? Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> um, I don't care. Yeah. Um, next is John Wick Chapter 4, which I saw, as you might guess, and Davis did not. I did not, but everything I've seen about it makes me wish I was a John Wick person yeah. and that I'd seen the other movies because it's supposed to be good. It's real good. Yep. It's my, I mean, I'm giving it away, but it's my number one of the year so far. Um, it's almost three hours long. There's a lot of story to tell. Um, has some of the best supporting characters of the entire series. Uh, it didn't need to be that long, um, but it didn't feel it. I, I was feeling it in the last hour, but that's about it. Um, and I think by far um, the best part of it is the stunts and the action. Mm -hmm. um, probably some of the best action I've ever seen and, and definitely the best stunt work I've ever seen. Um, and I like you might have seen online... Uh, I think someone compiled like like Keanu Reeves said like like three hundred words in John Wick Chapter Four or, <laughs> or, or something and and so why is he getting paid this much? Well, because he's like doing other things in the movie. He's doing harder things in the movie than delivering lines. Yeah, it's not necessarily a talking movie. Yeah, um, there is a lot of dialogue. But not from him. Yeah. Um, which is good because I, I will die on the hill that, that Keanu Reeves is not a great actor. Um, but what he is is a great action star. Yeah. I think those two are not mutually yeah. exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. Point Break, The Matrix, I am never on screen like, damn, this guy is good at talking yeah. and being emotional. Yeah. But like when he's shooting and running and ducking, I'm like, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. Look at him shoot and run and duck. Yeah. No, I think the John Wick movies are perfect for him. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so John Wick Chapter 4, it's great. It's a lot of fun. Um, it is long uh, and it is incredibly violent. Is it the last John Wick movie? I think it's the last John Wick movie. It's not the last movie in the John Wick universe. Okay, so they're going to... Ooh, I like that. I think that's such a good thing for franchises to do. Mm -hmm. Like how Avatar, The Last Airbender did that. When they were like, we're ending our show where we want to. We'll keep making content in the world, but we're not going to mess with what we've done so far. Like, yeah. you know, if you end it solid, leave it alone. Exactly. And, and then after this movie started making a lot of money, um, the uh, I read an article like like the, the, the studio was like, John Wick 5 is back on the table. And I just think that that's the pr 
potentially the worst idea um, of all time. Well, wasn't the director to, to like with, with this world? Wasn't the director pretty much like uh, I don't know if we figure out more story that we want to tell? Yeah. Maybe I would do John Wick Five, yeah. but as a like, which is such a good attitude to have yeah. is like if we can come up a way to, with a way to do this well mm -hmm. and that I'm still passionate about, then yeah, yeah we'll do it. But yeah. if not, then we're definitely not going to try to force something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely good that they're sort of story focused as opposed to. Yeah. And like not necessarily focus. typical for an action franchise, mm -hmm. like a blockbuster action franchise on its fourth movie. Yeah. To like finish with, from what I've heard from almost everyone, probably you included, the best movie in the franchise. Yes, absolutely. And then say, we did it. Look at us go. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave that alone. We'll leave the money for John Wick 5 on the table exactly. if need be. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. Um, but the next one in the franchise is coming out next summer. Mm -hmm. And it's um, it stars Ana de Armas as another assassin but she's a ballerina as well isn't um, it called ballerina it's called ballerina yeah, yeah. she uh the character not played by Ana de Armas popped up in John Wick 3 so they're recasting her and mm. now she's the lead but also like John Wick is gonna like gonna make a cameo in it and I think other characters from the universe are but it's it's good that they are giving new people a chance to shine in the universe because it, like in John Wick everything is rightly so about John Wick yeah um, but I do think we need more perspective on what this world could be and what like the rules of this like underground assassin world that we only see through the context of oh now this is happening now they want this to do with John Wick and stuff like that mm. um, I want to see more that doesn't have to do with John Wick it, like I mean he could yeah, pop you up you hate John Wick I hate John Wick no. <laughs> Um, I, I I love the world and I want to see more from it. So. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but next is, uh, I think these last three are ones that we've all seen, <gasps> that we've both seen. All two all, of us. All two of us. <laughs> uh, this one is Dungeons and Dragons. Ooh. Honor Among Thieves. We just saw this one. We did. Um, when did we see it? How many uh, days Sunday. Ago? Okay, so a couple days ago. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sorry. What is that from? I don't know. Wrestling something? I don't know. Okay. Don't know. <laughs> um... Dungeons and Dragons, I, I don't know what I expected going in. Yeah. I For a while, my expectations were pretty low. And then we started seeing some reviews that looked pretty positive. Mm -hmm. And so then I was like, okay, I'll get my hopes up. Um, yeah, I would say I would say it definitely met my expectations, mm -hmm. if not exceeded. Yeah. I thought it was a really fun movie. And also what I was expecting is just your typical fantasy movie with the Dungeons and Dragons label attached to it. Right. Maybe like the occasional mention of like the dungeon the D D like classes. Mm -hmm. But it actually did a really good job of making it feel like a D D movie. Like explaining the limitations of magic in a way that felt natural mm -hmm. and like mentioning D D lore and stuff. Yeah. But it was also still accessible for um, an audience member that knows nothing right. about D&D. You don't have to know anything to enjoy this movie. In Absolutely. fact, you can end this movie not knowing anything about D&D &D and still having enjoyed the movie. Yes, but it also like does good service to D&D &D fans. Where definitely there are some DMs involved in mm -hmm. the making of like yeah. it the the team really did set out to make a movie that like honors D&D &D as a game. Yes. And I've I've only played like one shots, but I have consumed D&D related content like mm -hmm. um uh what is the big one? The, Critical Role. Yeah, that one. I I I think I watched the whole first campaign of Critical Role and then wow, it's that, just That is a lot of time. It is a lot of time. <laughs> and so then I stopped because it was too much time to yeah. keep up with. Mm -hmm. Um so I understand the game and the mechanics more than the average person that hasn't played much D&D. Yeah. Um, I have played... So I played one D&D campaign, and I started off as a DM uh, playing D&D with a lot of experienced D&D players, <laughs> which was s such a random choice. I know... Okay, it wasn't random. They chose me because I love story, and I like and I oh, love I making stories. Oh, I know you would be a fantastic yeah. DM. Um, I would love for, to play a campaign that yeah. you were DMing. I do think that it was like... I mean, obviously, I had to learn. There was a huge learning curve, but I did really enjoy it. Um, it did kind of fizzle out because, like, COVID and school and all that. Um, but I did, uh, I did know, I did know and hold on to enough um, so that I uh, I got excited when I heard some terms and some words in mm -hmm. this in this D and D movie. Um, 
but yeah, it's 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 just really a fun fantasy movie uh, that just goes um, goes to all sorts of different locations. Has a lot of great effects, a, lo- a lot of practical stuff yeah. as well. The stakes are um, really really good too because it's mm-hmm. like it's like oh they're going on a personal quest that ends up requiring them or not requiring but like they end up having to save pretty much like a kingdom you know yeah it's not like uh the whole world is at stake and now they have to save the world and there's nowhere left to go from which here. it feels like that's what every like sci-fi and fantasy movie yeah is doing and like a lot of action movies too it feels like that's what they're doing nowadays right. like the, we have to stop the codes from getting to this other country yeah it, it was just like you know the stakes were real and there and mm-hmm. serious but not like so crazy and insane and also they did a really good job of like this party of people learning and growing together right. and all of them becoming stronger individually mm-hmm. through their like connections and bonds with each other yeah. which feels very D&D exactly which, and also you know not not something that's a new thing for a right. movie to do, right. like an ensemble cast But it, it, movie. it feels more relevant to, yes. to, to D&D. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Hugh Grant, as previously mentioned, is here having a, just a whale of a time, even though I feel like he doesn't understand half of the, like, the weird sci-fi fantasy wars that he's saying. Um, I, like, you can just tell that he's having fun. It does I think feel like... Ev- yeah, it feels like every single person in this movie is having a fun time. Yeah. And it shows. I... Yeah. I really liked it. Yeah. And and like Rowan mentioned, the the visual and practical effects for me were like such a highlight. Mm-hmm. I think there there were so many things that looked really cool. There's a moment this isn't really as much about the effects, but there's a moment where um there actually is a dragon. <laughs> um and I love the way they do the dragon. It is like just like the pudgiest little chunky fat dragon. And it's it's so cute and funny because it's it's still dangerous. Yeah. It's not like an incompetent dragon because it's fat. Like right. it still poses a threat. Yeah. But also it's funny to watch this thing try to navigate. Like it's yeah. just kind of goofy in the way that a D and D campaign so often becomes. Mm-hmm. I, I told you this on the walk back, but I think I enjoyed that scene more because Connor, who was sitting right next to us, w- could not stop chuckling and laughing oh, and yeah. giggling during Rowan's the fat dragon. Rowan's roommate was so delighted about the fat dragon. Yeah, and so yeah, we both ended up liking the fat dragon. Yeah, yeah. Um, the comedy is pretty good. Yeah, I it, think so. I, I mean, th- this, is, this is from the guys who did Game Night, um, and w- which is one of my favorite comedies mm. ever. Um, so I, I mean, you know that they have a good sense of comedic timing and like a great style yeah. of humor. There's a lot of good payoffs too. Mm-hmm. Like they'll kind of start mentioning things before they become completely or directly relevant right. in a way that feels natural. Mm-hmm. Um, there's e- a Bradley that, Cooper cameo yeah. <laughs> that is really fun. And that we didn't realize was him until after. Despite the, the fact that it's just him. Yeah. Like it just looks just like him. Mm-hmm. I assumed it was some crazy creature. And then we looked it up and we were like, oh no, it's the guy that's Bradley Cooper. <laughs> yeah. Of course that was his right. cameo. Right, right. Um, yeah. And uh, even things that might seem completely innocuous and like not really relevant at all, they it does become important by the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed this. Yeah. Definitely like after I heard a lot of positive um, reactions coming out of this, I, I, I allowed myself to get more excited. Me too. But I would say that this was a surprise. Yeah. I, it was a surprise for me because it's one of the worst posters I've ever seen. <laughs> like the marketing stuff just like didn't look great to me. Yeah. And then the actual movie looks phenomenal. Yeah. And is so fun. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Who, so. knew? Who knew? Who knew? Yeah. D D recommend. <laughs> yeah. If you like fantasy adventure or like basic found family shit, mm-hmm. it's you'll probably like it. Yeah. There there is a lot to love and uh, and to look for. Mm. Uh, next is Rye Lane, which is a comedy, uh, a rom com that premiered at Sundance this year and then was um, put out on Hulu uh, last Friday. So and we, we watched, watched it, it today because <laughs> we were like we could probably watch a couple more March releases for the yeah, podcast exactly and that we did. Um, it's great. It's about two. Um, it's it's. I mean, it's about like an accountant and a costume designer mm-hmm. in 
Where are they? Uh, London. London, I think. Maybe. Yeah. They're British. I know that. Yeah. Um, who've both kind of gone through pretty serious breakups recently. Mm-hmm. And it's how they're handling it. And then they meet each other and kind of go on these this crazy day and night long adventures together. Mm-hmm. And learn to like reconnect with someone else and, yeah. you know, develop feelings for each other. Yeah. Um, it's also super fun. Mm-hmm. It's like got the formula of every rom-com yeah. where it's like they meet and then they get closer and they overcome these obstacles together. And then there's like a third act falling <laughs> out. And then one of them has to make a grand gesture. It's like that It's same. It's not very groundbreaking in terms of formula, but... I it's been a while since I've seen a rom com with this much intention in like the cinematography and mm-hmm. the editing. Yeah. Um, so that made it super engaging. The leads are also charismatic mm-hmm. and they've got great chemistry. Yeah. I think the leads are great. The supporting cast is hilarious. Oh yeah. Every They're supporting like bringing, character bringing their A game. So funny. It's also um almost entirely a black cast. Yes. Which is not super common in rom-coms. Mm-hmm. Like a, a black rom-com is is something that's it's needed. <laughs> There's not enough of those. Yeah, especially in in England. I know England's mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. black population is not often spotlighted in film. Yeah, um, and it, it's such a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Like I I really like it. It's also short. It's a it's like. 80, 81 minutes? 82 minutes. 82 minutes? Yeah. Okay, I'm guessing 81. 82. You're guessing 82? It let's is, see if I out... It is 82. Okay. Is yeah. it, it is 82. It is 82. Well, let's see if he out runtime babes me. Okay, so it is 82 minutes. So, <laughs> so I was right. I have won this week's edition. No, I of, of got it. You babes. said 81. And thus we can conclude. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? I feel like there should be more to say about Rylane because like, it's genuinely... There's, it, it, it just has a great sense of style and... Um, it has a lot of really fun cutaways. Yes, yes. It does, like, the first half of the movie, at least, is kind of like a walking and talking movie, mm-hmm. which is which, usually... Which, as we know from my love from the Before trilogy, I just adore. Yeah. for It's less my style than yeah. yours, but the way they do, like, they are talking about things, and then they'll show flashbacks of the things, but a lot of times they'll have flashbacks that are all shot in different ways, yeah. and a lot of them will, like, feature the characters in the present reacting to the things from the past or like extra stylized moments and Mm -hmm. it's just done in a really fun way they use a lot of super wide lens shots yeah um which is cool i didn't really understand why every time yeah but also like it's fun that i'm looking at something different than i would necessarily expect Mm -hmm. yeah and i really like the colors yes it's it's got fun bright vibrant colors Mm -hmm. which you don't often see from a rom-com especially one set in england yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah that's rylane it's on hulu and it's really short so for sure worth checking out give give that one like if 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 any movies i feel like this is might be the safest yeah very easy recommend on this one Of, of of all the ones we've uh we've talked about um on today's episode but the last one um Unless you're a kid. Unless you're a kid, exactly. Kids it's, don't watch it's, it. It's, kids it's... watch Chang Can Dunk. Yeah, there <laughs> we go. Uh, I think that's the only like kids movie we've talked about. I mean, a, right? a kid could watch the D&D movie. That's true. Chang Can Dunk is the only specifically for kids. Right. I mean, it's a family movie. Like, yeah. I, as an adult, genuinely enjoyed Chang Can Dunk. Mm-hmm. But I would say it is for kids. Yeah. Um, but the last one, mm-hmm. uh, which we just finished couple hours ago. Yes. Is uh, Tetris, starring Taron Edgerton um, as Hank Rogers, who is a guy, a uh, real guy. Hank. Based, based on H-E-N-K. I did, I did. No, I'm explaining yeah, yeah, yeah. to them right, because right, they right. can't hear right. Hank, Hank because it's not a real name. Yeah. I mean, it is, clearly. <laughs> yeah. There's a real life man because it was inspired by a true story. Exactly. But um, every time it said Hank for the first 20 minutes, I was like, what? Yeah. Goofy name. Um, so uh, essentially he travels to and from the Soviet Union. Uh, I, I mean, I guess he goes all around the world. Soviet Union, America. This is in the 80s, by the way. Yes. Um, Tokyo, he lives in Japan. Uh, to basically get the um, game rights for Tetris. Yes. Back when Tetris was created, it's basically swept the world by storm. Um and yeah, uh, this is 
a political thriller. Yeah, not what enough. I expected from a movie about Tetris. Not at all. And when it when we when it said political thriller, I was yeah. like, oh god, like that that is not what I want from a movie about Tetris. Yeah, it is a political thriller done in the tone of mm-hmm. a Tetris movie. Yes. It's it is, so campy. Yes. It does not take itself too seriously. It knows exactly what it is and executes really well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of fun. Like They use Tetris-style graphics a couple of times. Yeah. They Anytime he's flying to and from different countries, which there is a lot of that, they will like show it with, in like pixelated airplanes and mm-hmm. stuff. At some point, there's a car chase, and the cars become like video game cars. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of cool visual elements. The exposition at the beginning of the movie too is done in like a video game. At least, like all of the introductions that he makes to our characters mm-hmm. is done in like a like like a pixelated video game. Yeah, style, and it'll be like player one. It keeps things so fresh. There'll be level one, yeah. level three, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot to make it like it really just knows that it's a it's a fun time and leans into it. Taron Edgerton, um, so much fun, so, so good. He yeah. he knows exactly what this movie is. Um, yeah. Weird to see him playing an American. I know I've seen it before, but I'm just I I, I'm just so familiar with his regular mm-hmm. with his native accent that with his just, Sing Two accent. Exactly, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, he is in Sing Two, by the way. He plays Johnny the Gorilla and Sing One for those keeping. Count. Okay, but that doesn't. Are you always trying to bring up Sing One? No one cares about Sing One. <laughs> I haven't even seen it. Exactly. So you might care about Sing 1 no, had you seen it. I don't care. Sing 2 <laughs> is the peak of the franchise and the peak of cinema, in the fact. The peak of the franchise. The Sing franchise. Yeah. The long-running Sing franchise. Yeah, there's two yeah. of them. Maybe maybe we should add Sing to the to the franchises that we're going to cover o- yes. o- over the next few months. Okay, yes. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, sure. The Sing franchise. The Sing sorry, franchise. Sorry. We can, we can continue. Okay, Tetris. <laughs> Tetris. Um, it is surprisingly nuanced in the yeah. way it discusses capitalism and communism, mm-hmm. which is also not what I expected. Yeah. Like, it is, like, way more critical of the USSR as an institution than it is of communism as an abstract concept. And then the same thing with capitalism. It is very much like there's evil people and corruption no matter where you are. And there's also good people that want what's right no matter where you are and what system you're living under and stuff like that. Like, that's not to say that they are... It's like a pro-communism, pro-Soviet Union movie. I think the bottom line is that it's all a mess and it's never going to work exactly the way it was intended to. Yes, absolutely. Instead of, like, communism is inherently evil. Right. Which I... I, Cool that they, like, based, I suppose. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love Tetris. Probably, I, I, th- I think I liked it more than you. You did. Um, I liked Rylane better than Tetris, mm-hmm. whereas I feel like you might have been the other way around. Yes. But we both really enjoyed both of them. These are both movies I would recommend. Yes. For sure. For sure. Tetris is another one that's pretty accessible. Mm-hmm. I would feel comfortable recommending it to a big audience of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It is longer. It's, yes. wait. 117 100- minutes minutes 117 minutes that is wrong it is tetris is 117 minutes oh oh no wait okay i thought you were saying an hour and 17 no 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 which i was like there's no way (laughs) wait wait. i don't know the actual math i'm gonna say it's 147 147 that's 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 two and basically two and a half hours long no i'm one hour and 47 minutes that's what i'm saying i'm saying one hour 57 minutes Oh, you no, know, you might be right. I, 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 do, I do think it ends with a seven. Yep, I know, in fact, I am right. Okay, wait, what are you saying? What, uh, what is 117 it? minutes. Okay, so I'd say 107 then, if yes. I'm going with my guess of an hour and 47 minutes. Yep. Tetris. Vamp. You're going to be right. I'm vamping right now for the audience. I'm, you're going to be right because we did just watch this. We yeah, did yeah, it's 117. This. Yep. So I, I was correct yet again. Outrun time, babe, my co host. <laughs> Um, yeah, Tetris, good movie. Yeah, good movie. Recommend. Um, should I go through my ranking? Yeah. Of, uh, of the films of this month, including We Have a Ghost. Yeah. Um, and then I'll go through the ones that I've seen and rank them. Yeah. Which I'm so, going to have to uh, look at the document yeah. on your phone. So John Wick is my number one. Uh, Tetris is number two. Ryan Lane number... Th- oh, sorry, Scream 6 is number three. 
Rhineland is number four. Dungeons and Dragons is number five. Luther's number six. Operation Fortune is number seven. Um, hmm. We have a ghost. We have a ghost is number eight. Uh, and Shazam is number nine. That's that's number twenty five in my overall twenty twenty three rankings. Okay, and then for me, it's um, will you yeah will you will you show me the list with them in it? There you go. Oh right, Chen can not. I forgot. I forgot you were the next. One. Yeah. Okay. So for me, I would say at the bottom of my list is Shazam: Fury of the Gods. Yeah. And then next would be we have a ghost, mm-hmm. and then. After that, ooh, okay, I genuinely like all the ones after that, yeah. which crazy. Saw a lot of solid movies this month. Then it's probably Tetris. Then probably Chank and Dunk. Mm-hmm. Then Rye Lane. And then Dungeons and Dragons. Interesting. Or maybe Dungeons and Dragons was your favorite of the month. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. I don't know. I, re- I had a lot of fun with it. Not bad. Not bad at yeah. all. Um, anyway. Anyway. That was March 2023 and a little bit of February 2023. Yeah. And, and we have a ghost. And, and we have a ghost. Exactly. Um, I don't know if we're going to keep doing these if we have I enough think, to talk about. Yeah. I think if we have months with... Yeah. Because this was one where it was like a lot of solid things to talk about, but not enough to have individual episodes on. Exactly. So, you know... There's going to be some some solid months where we do more individual episodes. Mm-hmm. Like Barbie's getting its own episode. Yeah. We've been prepping for that. We have. Been. Rowan is watching Barbie movies with me. Can't confirm. Um yeah. So I I I had fun with this. So you have that to look forward to, dear listeners. Yeah. Um but next week we are finally going to do our menu episode uh probably with, with We do keep saying Mitchell. that. I think I think we will next week. Yeah. We are officially unless something like incredibly uh, time sensitive comes up, which I doubt it will. Doubt it. Um, we're gonna do uh, our episode on the menu, which we recorded. I don't know, back in February, I think. Yeah, right? it's been yeah. a hot sec. Yeah. So um, if you're on the next episode and you're like, "Damn, this feels like quality wise, they recorded it third or fourth before they knew what they were doing," it's because that is true. It is exactly what happened. Um, but Davis, where would you like to send people if they want to hear more from you? Well, first, like definitely check out our TikTok mm-hmm. at Runtime Babe. Please. It's it's fun and cute and I have a fun time doing things on it. And then if you want to find me more specifically, um, at Davy Mjolnir on like TikTok and Letterboxd and stuff, and at Davis underscore maths on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I'm rowing a boat on Letterboxd. Uh, that's where I do the most, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, Bits of Joel on Twitter, if you'd like, and thelenientcritic.com, if you want oh to my read God. some of my stuff. And you can even read some of my stuff on thelenientcritic.com. Exactly. Exactly. Just the one thing. Just and the it's one thing. So, so far. So far. Yeah. Um, but anyway, thank you guys out there for listening. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, we'll be back next week with another episode. We Bye. will. Bye. Love you.